Nap, don't make a mess, okay? <laughs> I, The, oh, the floor, there's a table. <laughs> there was one guy in my grade in high school, every single day this guy would ask for an orange in the lunch line, he'd get to his table, then he'd raise his hand, and the lunch monitor would come by, the same one every time, because she knew what he wanted. He's like, can you peel my orange? <laughs> every single day, I'm like, get something else, get an apple, a banana, something. No, he wanted an orange, and every day he had somebody else peel it for him. Um, yeah. How are you doing? You doing all right? You're doing a marvelous job. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about this, or I'm not having to peel this so I can eat it in front of you. Um, I, I'm thinking about this orange in regards to us in life. Because sometimes, uh, like in life, there's anxiety, there's depression, there's failure, insecurities, pain, fears. Sometimes we feel empty. Uh, there's all sorts of things that happen to us. We can be filled with hate because of stuff like that. What are you doing to that poor orange? He's just, he's, now, make, I want you to take it apart, though, too. Yeah. Um, and so life is not always very kind to us, is it? It'll just take, look at what this man is doing to that poor orange. Taking it piece by piece. Now, he, it could be much worse. He could have just annihilated this orange. He could have just pounded it and... Normally, you don't hole. Eat a hole? Like, like you don't peel it or anything? Oh, dear. He just ate the skin. And so, as you're wrapping up there, what do we have to do now when life, when the world... Wait, wait, wait. When the world has been taking us apart? We have to put ourselves back together. But I'm going to give you some help. I, I want you to, you can have some tape. And now put it back together. That's going to work real well with that, that piece of skin you ate. <laughs> so, and, but like, it's a tough thing in life. We can laugh about it all we want as Franklin's trying to put this together. But um, it's very difficult. And we have people that help us sometimes put our lives back together. But let's, let's face it, try all you want, it's not going to go that well, is it? That orange is never going to be the same. That piece that he ate is never, please don't bring it back. <laughs> it's never coming back because we don't want it back at this point. And, and sometimes that's, that's the truth. We don't want stuff back sometimes when people are through with it. Um, and so with all these things that go on in our lives, we, we need God. Because no amount of tape is going to, Oh, dear. But God wants to make us brand new. He wants to make us like a brand new orange. Uh, like what Kyle was reading, the old life is gone, the new... That's not very new. <laughs> Are you giving up? You're done? <laughs> okay. Um, I'll get in the picture. Look at this message you made. Yeah. I'm going to turn this. Look at this. is wonderful. A round table. I love that. So, God wants to make us like new, brand new. And in fact, though that orange, when God puts it together in this life while we live on earth, we'll still have scars of the things that people have done to us. When we're in heaven, we're going to be the most perfect looking orange that you have ever seen. There's not going to be any imperfections. It's going to be all good. We're going to be way better than brand new, way better than that. But 
right now on earth, we're still trying to work with those pieces that people have torn apart, aren't we? Uh, but God offers us new life. And it looks way better than this. Because God is always working, right? Um, some of the songs that we were singing, talking about the things that God does, you know, parting the, the sea so that they can walk through on, on dry land. And sometimes we don't see God working. And, and I think about the Israelites when they got to the Red Sea. I love how when they got to the Red Sea and they're like, Moses, what are we going to do now? Are there no graves in Egypt? And Moses, he says to God, what, what, what do you want me to do? And God says, why did you guys stop? Put your, arm, put your arms in the staff over the sea and keep going. Nobody told you to stop. You just saw the Red Sea. We see things and we see it doesn't look like God's working. But God is always working. He's just waiting for you to get to that point where he can part the sea. Because there's no sense in parting the sea and giving you guys a show or giving me a show if we're not actually going to be willing to take that step. And sometimes it's not always that worthwhile for God to, you know, pave this whole road for us, part the sea, part mountains and all sorts of stuff, only for us to be like, oh, God does really have, now I can go. Because that's not by going by faith at all. That's by going with what's easy. Is God all about easy? No. God is about getting things done. Miracles and everything that is needed to see things happen. Sometimes we don't feel like it, but we need to be doing what God wants us to do anyway. And on the days when I would feel the least like reading uh, in the Bible, those are the days that I need it the most. When we need God the most, we often don't feel like it. And I think Satan, you know, he, he's not the one who's causing all of our problems. We cause enough on our own and everybody around us causes enough. But Satan might try to intervene sometimes when he's thinking, Ah, you want to get back on track? You think you need God today? Well, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you don't. And so we don't feel like spending time with God, reading His Word, talking to Him. Maybe we don't want to talk to God because of what's going on in our lives. But God is saying, I'm exactly what you need. I am right here for you when you want me. And Satan will do whatever he can to make sure that we don't want God. But we need Him most at those times. Let's pray real quick before I keep going. Lord, I ask that you would help me to speak and do as you want me to. And I thank you for all that you are doing. I thank you for the service that you have for us and, and for all the ways that you've been working in us already. And we look forward to all that you still have for us still. And, uh, you know, thinking of ice cream too. Amen. Um, I think about this new life, though, that God offers us. And what are we going to do with this new life? Because a lot of times we can take this new life and think, oh, yippee, this is amazing. And it is amazing. We can be so excited because of some of the things that God is doing in our lives, the way that he is working, the way he is healing us and working around us and helping other people around us and using us to help other people. But we, we can get so excited, but I think we, we have a couple of different options, at, at least a couple different options. We could be more like Samson, who, yeah, he's, he's doing some things accomplishing God's will, but Samson was kind of, he's doing some of these things because it's what he wanted. It was a little more selfish than generous. 
Um, and, and, and generosity is not the same as following God either, because we can be generous in certain ways, and those ways don't necessarily have to line up with God to be considered what we would call generosity. But um, he, he could do it for God, he could do it for himself, he could do it for other people, because other people are not God either. You're supposed to put others before yourself, but you're not supposed to put them before yourself and God either, right? That's not how that works. Um, but um, you have people like Samson, and you have people like the Apostle Paul. He completely turned his life around, giving everything to God. And um, thinking of a few different passages in Galatians, um, the Apostle Paul talks about works versus belief. When we come to God, when he gives us this new life, it's not because of the things that we did, the works that we do. It's because of our belief in him. When we believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, paid the price for all the things we have ever done wrong, dying for us, and then coming back to, to life three days later, also for us, when we accept this and the forgiveness that this means for our lives, when it's out of our belief. We can't do anything. Let's face it. There's nothing he's going to do. Did you want to eat this orange? I, I'm not eating it. <laughs> there is nothing that anybody can do to truly fix that orange. There's nothing we can do. And so when you do things for other people or against other people, even if it wasn't on purpose, complete accident, you meant the best even, you meant to help them and you end up hurting them instead, what are you going to do to make that up? See, when Jesus died, he's the only one who never did wrong. He came and lived for 33 years on earth. He was tempted like we were, but never sinned, never and, and I think about um, when you're uh, using money, you know, when, when you're in debt and you don't have money, you, you actually, you're, uh, you uh, owe people money, who do you go to for money? Do you go to somebody else who's also in debt? Generally not. You'd want to go to somebody who has money, right? Well, in this case, we've all, we're all in debt. We owe people, not money, but because of the things that we have done. It's because of the things we've done to ourselves, because of the things we've got done to God. And Jesus is the only one who's not in any debt. The only one who never did anything wrong. And he is the one who offers us new life. But what are we going to do with this new life? We believe, and that's why we receive this new life. But then he says to the, the Galatians, he, he says to them, after beginning... By means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Are we now trying to do things on our own strength? And a lot of times, God will try to get something started, and he'll be using us, and then we think, wow, we got this. We can do this. And we get a little carried away, and we start veering off the path, and we start doing things not the way God wanted. We think we're still doing it for God, and we're kind of in that general direction, but we've gotten off track. We're a little bit off course because we have just a little by little stopped uh, keeping in step with the Spirit, which is another thing that Paul says. Keep in step with the Spirit. You can't just start with God and expect Him to see it through to the end if you don't stick with Him through the end. Um, he also says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then. We, we, and not get caught up in sin or anything else like that again. Because He has freed us from the burden and the bondage of sin and death so that we can live this new life. But we have to hold on to this new life. And in Galatians 5, 13-14, and I specifically for this verse, I really like the way that it says it in the New Living Translation. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use, you, instead, use your freedom to serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm thinking of what Paul said, um, or what Paul would do. He didn't do anything for himself. It wasn't like Samson. It wasn't like what we might do for ourselves. Now, no, Paul was not, not perfect. Nobody is perfect. But I like the way that overall, he seemed to keep on track with God. He lived his life for God. And I think about Jesus, because we can look to people like Paul, and it's great. He's a human being who is not also God Almighty, who has lived a great life. But... Um, Paul is not perfect still. Ultimately, we need to look to Jesus, right? God says, be holy as I am holy. God is telling us to be holy because he is holy. That is an amazing challenge. It is both amazing and challenging that God would ask us to do that. Um, but I think about Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is before he was arrested. You know, the disciples, they kept on falling asleep and Jesus go back to pray. Um, and then Jesus was arrested, crucified, and then, of course, came back to life. Um, but in, in the garden, when he was praying, his first prayer, he said to God, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, of course he doesn't want to suffer and die. Why would he want to do that? Yes, for us, but at the same time, he's saying, Lord... Father, if there is anything else, can we have that instead? And I, I don't blame him one bit. The, the torture that he went through. And then he goes back a second time and he prays, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And the third time he prayed, he went back and he prayed the same thing. May your will be done. Um, three things that I think about um, for God's will. Because how do we know what God's will is? It's a tricky thing, I think, to know. Um, and, and yes, by the renewing of our minds, we'll be transformed and, and we, can, uh, we can see what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. But it's hard. It's hard to always be thinking with a heavenly mindset and not an earthly mindset. Um, but I think, first of all, above anything else, we need to want God's will. We must want what He wants. Because if we don't want what He wants, then what we do isn't going to be nearly as worthwhile. Um, we're supposed to have a heart like God's heart. That's the way that we're going to best serve people. You ever see somebody, like they do all sorts of good things, but really they're not that good of a person? It's like deep down you wonder, like, are they, what reasons are they doing this for? They're... they're like, they don't seem to be doing it for the right reasons. Um, what God wants is to have a heart like his. And I think of uh, David, uh, King David. There were three times in, recorded in the Bible when he messed up, and he messed up. But 
he always went back to God. He always went back to him no matter what. And, and sometimes, like David, it's not that we are saying to God, I want to defy you. I want to go against what you want me to do. Usually, it's just that we want other things. We just see, oh, that looks good. I want that. But we can't have both God's goodness and every desire we ever come up with. Because ultimately, we could be a little selfish. We, kind of, we want things that we want. It's not wrong to want the things that you want, but we need to think about what's more important. Um, and sometimes that means we don't get exactly what we're asking for. Um, but we need to want what God wants, because that is when we are going to stay on track the best. And we need to know what God wants. And so I, I, I pray to God, Lord, help me to want what you want and help me to know what you want. It doesn't matter too much if I know what God wants, but I don't have the desire to do it. We have to be, have the heart to be all in and doing what God wants. And um, I think about the guy, um, in, he, he, said to, he said to Jesus, help me to overcome my belief, or my unbelief. Help me to overcome my unbelief. And I think maybe he knew what God wanted for his life, but... He, or, or he, he wanted what God wanted for his life, I mean. But he wasn't quite there up here yet. Sometimes our heart is with God, but we don't, we're not quite comprehending. We're not quite believing. And God wants us to want what he wants, to know what he wants, and I think, thirdly, to do what he wants. But we can't just do it just because we know what's good and we want what's good because there are some very good and godly people that know the Bible inside and out and have a heart of gold and they still mess up, right? Because none of us are perfect. None of us. And some good and godly people, we can then uh, at some point, at any point, take matters into our own hands. We think we know what we're doing. We know we have the best of intentions. And then we mess up. And then that's also sometimes when people think that Christians are uh, judgmental and think we're perfect and stuff. We're not, but that's what other people start to think sometimes. But we know what, what we want what God wants. We know what God wants, but we don't necessarily do what God wants because we can't do it on our own. We need God every single day so that we can do those things. Um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As soon as we take Christ out of it, we could fall or fail at any time, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, we need to keep in step with the Spirit every single day. We need to continuously live by God and His strength. Um, one time I went, uh, when I, I was going bowling, it was a, a trip that we did when I was in college, and the um, dean of student life he, he was the one that organized it, and his, his son was coming with us. He was only like eight or ten years old. Um, and so his, his son, like, he knows, you know, we all know the basics of bowling. You want to knock down the pins. You know how to knock down the pins, right? You try to roll the ball down the set. You don't want to get the gutters, right? You want to roll it down the aisle and hit the pins, right? So I'm, I'm certain that um, this boy, he, he wanted to knock down the pins. He knew how to knock down the pins. Now he just had to actually do it, knock down the pins. Well, he took the ball, he rolled the ball, 
and I've never seen a ball so fast go right into the gutter. Instant gutter ball, right away, right into the gutter. And we watched that ball roll all the way down. That's, that's humiliating. That the ball would roll all the way down. You don't want to watch because you know it's not good. We always need God. Sometimes it's more obvious than other times. This one was obvious. You need God. Wait, you ever, like, you want what God wants. You know what God wants. And then you're like, okay, God, let's do this. And then it goes right in the gutter. And you're like, Lord, I thought it was going to work out better than that. I didn't think it would go that badly. Lord, where are you? I thought you told, you told me we're going to go bowling. We're going to hit down. We're going to knock down the pins. And this is what happens. And we say, God, what's going on? This is not how this is supposed to work. And God says, you're doing great. Like, that's not helpful. That's not what I was looking for. And I kid you not, this ball rolled all the way down the gutter to the very end, the very last second, hopped up and knocked down four pins. How does that happen? I was both amazed and left in wonder. Like, how did I've never seen a ball like it might bounce right back because you're just throwing it all crazy like but not like that where it just goes instantly into the gutter rolls all the way down and then bounces back up to hit for we can say to god all we want lord that's not right that's not this is not going well at all and god's saying that's perfect you're doing great that's exactly what i wanted sometimes he just wants to show us the miracles because we're lacking some of our belief we're saying lord uh, um you know we we can do this and god's like no 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 <laughs> God is the one that's going to do this. It can't be something that we do on our own strength. Um, if only, uh, I, I just, I forgot. I forgot to tell you what he told me. So that after this ball bounced back up and hit four pins, he turns around and he says to me, that's how I roll, Tyler. <laughs> if only we all relied on God like that. That we could just roll a gutter ball and think, that's how I roll. God's got this. God is good. And I think sometimes that's how we are when things are going so, so badly. We actually, it's so much easier. We don't like it. We don't like this reality. But it's so much easier to follow God and stay close to God and see God work when we're going through some of the toughest things in our lives. It is through all the difficult things. When we are torn to pieces, that is when we get to see God put us back together. And as we continue, always in our lives, because we're always getting beat up by the world, as we always let God continue to heal us, to put us back together, that is when we get to see him work in our lives and in other people's lives and to use us broken and scarred oranges to do amazing things. That is, that is the new life that God offers us. But we can't just take this new life and think, oh, yippee, good for me. Thank you, God. We need to say, Lord, what can I do for you now? I think of the, 
the woman when uh, Jesus was at a Pharisee's house and uh, you know, the guy didn't even offer him any water, I guess, to wash his feet. This lady comes to Jesus and starts washing his feet, using her tears, drying his feet with her hair, and using expensive perfume on his feet. I think it was a year's worth of wages is how much. This is the kind of perfume that you save for your burial. And this lady was using it on Jesus now while he's alive. And um, Jesus says to the guy, knowing what the Pharisee is thinking, he says, who do you think loves more? The person who was forgiven $500 or $50 or 500 coins or 50 coins? Well, the guy says, the guy who was just forgiven a 50 co- or 500 coins, you know, the one that was forgiven of more. Jesus is like, yep, this is what she's doing for me. What did you do for me when I got here? This is your house. <laughs> um, when we're on fire for God like Paul was, that's, that's amazing. And that's really when we get to truly live this new life. We're only getting a taste of this new life when we just see the initial things that God is doing for us. Um, but I, I, I always, I, I, I pray pretty often, Lord, help me to want what you want. Help me to know what you want and help me to do what you know, what you want. Not by my strength, but by his strength. Um, would everybody stand up? And I want you to reach as high as you can. Now reach even higher. Why didn't you reach as high as you could the first time? <laughs> when God says to us, reach as high as you can, do this for me, why don't we in the first place? But when we, when we are living for God... Let's give him every last inch. Every last inch. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the ways that you pull our lives back together. No matter how much chaos we've seen, no matter what life looks like around us right now, thank you so much for the love that you have for us, the forgiveness that you have for us, And Lord, I ask that you would help us to give you every last inch. That we would not hesitate, that we would not hesitate, but that we would just go ahead and give it all to you. Doesn't matter if we see you working or feel you working. Lord, we know you are working. Help us to have hearts like yours. Help us to have minds that are tuned in on what you want. And help our actions to always be dependent upon you, your strength, your power. Lord, you are incredible, and your love for us is incredible. Help us so that we, when we live for you, that we live with our new lives, not for ourselves, but only for you. In Jesus' name, amen.